Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's good, everyone? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, September 15th, 2021, and this is episode 177, and my oh my, is it a special one. The Chicago Hood Politics Chapter is officially launched, and on Friday, September 3rd, we brought in Hood Poly superstar Gallo to kick things off. Gallo and I sat down a few hours before the show, and I had a blast getting his full story. In episode 177, we got it all in and had so many great points of conversation. We started by talking about his early days in music. Gallo has always had a pure passion for music and is able to play multiple instruments, including the saxophone, bass, and guitar. Now, he's got a dark side that loves metal and rock and roll, which is translated to his music production style in a multitude of ways. Plain and simple, this guy is wired differently when it comes to music and creativity. Of course, we talked about the Gallo discography so far. Although he's only been in the game for a few years, he's already made himself very well known in the music community. He only releases absolute fire beats like his Bad Reputation EP on Hood Politics Records, the Sunspot EP with Nolan on Rossum Records, and his most recent original Kill Bill via Night Records. You gotta add this dude to your Rolodex. One of my favorite parts of this interview was talking to Gallo about how he stays creative in the studio. As a musician, he tries to push but not force himself to create those happy accidents. He also shared some of his unique strategies to being original in the house, minimal, and tech house space. This man was an open book and I loved it. Not only is Gallo an incredible producer, but he's also an amazing DJ who performs like a true headliner. I'm so excited to see what the future holds for this young talent. Already a legend in my eyes. I am so glad we got to do this in person, my man, and thanks again for coming out as our first headliner for the Chicago Hood Politics Chapter kickoff. Now let's get into it right now so you can hear a story for yourselves. This is episode 177 with Gallo. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to a very special episode of Sherman the Booth. I say that quite frequently, but I really fucking mean it this time because we got the homie Gallo in Chicago, <laughs> Illinois right now. I'm blessed. Thank you, dog. My man, hey, right on time, the Chicago Sirens right there. I <laughs> <Yeah>. told you. <laughs> yeah. All night, I bet. Yeah, I'm like a husky, bro. When they come by, I'm like, yeah, I can't stop. Howling all through the night. Howling, man. Who knows what those guys are fucking going after. You got a built-in white noise machine. I do. Night. You know what's fucked up? Uh, I I'm, grew up in Indiana, like I told you, right? And, like, in Indiana at night, man, in the summer, the crickets, there's so many bugs, they're so yeah. fucking loud, right? And I got used to that growing up. Moved to Chicago, always been next to the train. Uh-huh. And sirens. Yeah. Last summer, I went back home, like, for a few weeks because there wasn't shit going on. And I... Like couldn't fall asleep because the crickets were so fucking loud, and I even and it shut was the my window. That annoyed you. And I woke up the next morning. I go, Mom, can you believe how loud those crickets were last night? And Grasshopper, she goes, Can you believe how loud the train is next to your apartment? And I'm yeah, like, Exactly. Damn. It You're just, right. You just get used to it. You get used to it, man. Gosh, it's crazy though, right? It is. Yeah. What noises do you experience at your home? Honestly, I'm out in like. 
The burbs. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no noise. It's like after 8 p.m., hard cut, no noise. Uh, gentle breeze? Yeah, gentle breeze, maybe like an owl hooing. Hooting. Oh. Do they hoot or who? I think they hoo. Well, maybe maybe it's like Spanish, like if it's <laughs> male or female, like some hoo and some hoot. Oh, man, yeah. So, honestly, that's like, there's nothing out there. Yeah. Frogs. Frogs. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Ribbiting. And then, like, <laughs> the birds <laughs> cawing. Yeah, yeah. Is this a children's book? Yeah. <laughs> the birds caw. You never know what's going to happen on this podcast, man. You never know. You never know. Oh, it's too funny. Ribbit. Yeah. That was always an interesting thing growing up and you know, sort of putting a, a name to the sound. Yeah. Like, why the, how, how the fuck did anybody come up with that I shit? I actually, I feel like I often think about, like, dogs. Yeah. Bark, woof, right. rough. Right, How did I we come up with that? I think they woof. Yeah. I'm a woofer. It's more of a woof and a rough. Woof. But bark, they're not, they're not, they're not barking. No, they're not barking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> barking is like a derogatory term. Used to like holler at women like I'm barking at you. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. No. This is 2021. Cat calling, barking. Boo. None, none of that. Boo. And uh, we have a question from the audience here. Your friend <laughs> Madeline, she, would you like to confirm? Is that true? Is that derogatory? Can confirm. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Anyway, back to on, getting on topic. It's a pleasure to have you here, my man. Happy to be here, man. I am truly honored. Uh, to be bringing you in to Chicago for... Is this the first time you played in Chicago? Yeah, actually. This is the second time I've been in Chicago. First time ever playing. So it's a beautiful city. I'm so happy. I love man. it. It's, it's well-deserved. And you are the exact guy we wanted to launch the Chicago Hood Politics Hell chapter. Oh, yeah, man. That means a lot to me. Absolutely, bro. I mean, you were literally so fucking Hood Poly. <laughs> <laughs> you are, bro. Like, when Susan and I were talking about this with Chris, and we are like, we want to do something in Chicago. We want to make it consistent. Like, we don't want to just do here and there. And, you know, when, yeah. when like, Susan or somebody else comes in, we want to do it consistently. And we run through names, and we were like, dude, like, Gallo is, like, he just bleeds Hood Poly. On and brand. Always supports, and all of your Hood Politics releases are, like, incredible, and it's just, like, you know, producer to producer, bro, you're, like, you're something special, and, like, Appreciate event that, thrower to event thrower, yeah. like, I know that you know what you're doing, so I was, like, I gotta come to play, like, we gotta put <laughs> everything we can into this, Yeah, and man. it's just, it's really cool to see things coming full circle for all of us. I, yeah, I completely agree, it's all family here, man, I, yeah. I just, like... Susan, Nutty, everyone. It's just like yeah. a real community we built and mm-hmm. continue to build. And it's just very inclusive, not yeah. exclusive. So yeah. it's nice to come across people like that in the industry. Because yeah. coming in initially, it's like, I don't know, the snakes weed themselves out. But you do kind of have that initial, like people just try to sell you a dream or just yeah. take advantage of you. Or, and, you know, but you it's finally true. find like a core group of guys, mm-hmm. which I think you know, is what hood politics is all about. Absolutely. I was just talking to Kaysen about this, the scene behind the scene, you know, before you really get into it, uh, it's very intimidating. It seems impossible to make it. And then your definition of everything kind of changes. Like what is making it? What is the music industry? What is my goal? What are my goals? Yeah. And you come to realize the more you get into this, like there's a lot of people trying to pursue the same thing as you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why we develop these fast friendships, bro. Exactly. We get it. Like we're both going through (laughs) the fucking shit, you know? Yeah, and I feel like they change, too, as you start to go through and find out, like, yeah. what 
the music industry actually is because there's Maybe. a difference between like the perception of it before I started and I yeah, think it's time to get serious the world now. was all yellow and I'm like yeah. bugging out but yeah um, I got you but yeah you start to realize you know it is just a bunch of like-minded people just like yeah. regular people yep. chasing and you know pursuing a creative outlet yep and that's what it is um yeah it's been a good journey so far. I yeah. Got, I got no complaints, but, you know. Door to door, since you decided to say, I'm going for this. My name's Gallo. I'm making music. I want to be a DJ. I want to be a producer. Up until this moment, how long has it been? Um, well, so I started DJing probably, like, four years ago. Okay. And I didn't dabble in the production. And, like, you almost have, like, this misconception that like oh I can make it just as a DJ or people are going to want to book me because I'm a DJ but right. I'm I mean music has been a part of my life for so long and I've written music and played in bands mm-hmm. but I'd never written like electronic music or what I was DJing I wasn't making so yeah. for that two years now so wow. yeah yeah two two and a half two yeah it's pretty incredible you really got a hang of it bro I, I had a really good, you know, backbone with music and understanding. So really just correlating what was in my head to on what's coming out in the DAW was, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I had that leg up per se. Yeah, sure. I'm still learning shit every day. Yeah. And I think that's, that's like the key to it is, you know, the person who knows is the one who understands that they know nothing. Yeah. And there you go. That's, that's how I look at it is like, I know nothing. I'm just constantly learning every day, every yeah. day, every day. Absolutely. So, so when did you actually get exposed to electronic music? Because I knew you were raised playing saxophone, guitar. Yeah. You've always been an instru- instrumentalist, multi-instrumentalist, mm-hmm. too. Multi, yeah, yeah. And you were born and raised in Connecticut? Like, Connecticut. What the really hell? Really random. Dude, yeah. <laughs> uh, private school, I guess. It was just mandatory. Ah. And it was like third grade is when you had to pick up an instrument. Okay. And I was like, saxophone. For sure. And then... I got the fucking French horn, bro. I wanted to be a saxophone player. Tech house, French horn. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thanks for trying to make me feel better. But. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, for me, it was, it was like, not forced on, but it was, like, in the curriculum. Yeah. But, you know, some people I remember, like, oh, we have to go to band. We have to go to band. And I'm like, we get to go to band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's and awesome. then I found myself just kind of, like, going towards my teacher after school and being like, I want to learn more. Can you teach me guitar? And then, you know, I ended up picking guitar up in eighth grade and was really self-taught after that because she, she wasn't, she was more classically and like brass woodwind, like concert band teacher, yeah. not like, you know, what I wanted to get into, which was For like sure. metal and hey, rock. Hey, Dean. Hey, Matt. What's up? It's good, guys. How's the interview? It's going? good, dude. It's going yeah. great. It's going great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is a horror movie. This is it. I get killed on screen. Yep. Sorry, bro. No. I hired an axe murderer. <laughs> you never will play in Chicago. No, yeah. No, Regards man. from the Don. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry, okay. man. Continue, um, though. So, um, where were we? We were talking about music and then getting into... Yeah, when you actually were, like, starting oh, into electronic, electronic music. music. Okay, yeah. so get this. So... Everyone knows who Skrillex is at this point in the electronic right. music industry. Yeah. I think a lot of us who, you know, really do love music and come from like a post-hardcore and emo background like myself, we know who from first to last is. Yes. So it was like, I got a, probably seventh or eighth grade. 
And from first to last, like, broke up, took their hiatus, whatever. And I was like, what is going on? Like, my favorite band is breaking up. Sonny Moore, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm reading articles, reading articles, and it's like, Sonny Moore to pursue electronic music act, Skrillex. And I'm like, a Skrillex? Electronic music? <laughs> Beeps and bops? Like, yeah, what the yeah, fuck yeah. is this? Right. And so I listened. I think it was... He had some demos out um, that you can still find on YouTube, but they're not on Spotify. Like, Slats, Slats, Slats is one of his first songs. Oh, shit. Before the Scary Monsters and Nice Sprite CP drop. I remember that. But I remember listening to that, and I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. this music's crazy. Right. And through that, I found Feed Me, Bass Nectar, mm -hmm. RP, Idiot. Yeah, idiot. Uh, topic for another, com you know, another yeah. time. But, yeah. Um, uh, who else? Bass Hunter. Yes. Nice. <laughs> right, like, a very wide array, but it was all electronic music to me. Yeah, so yeah. honestly from back then and, and it wasn't well received. Like my friends were like, what is this music? This, this sucks. Like right. sounds like shoes in a dryer, yeah. like robots having sex. I got the totally. whole nine yards. Yep. But then it slowly started picking up, picking up. And by the time I got to college, it was like, you were at a pregame, you were at a frat party. Yep. That's what we were playing. Totally. And then the move to Tampa was what really, like, got me in. Because Connecticut has no scene. You know, we're just no. at house parties. We're not going to clubs. We're going to bars, if anything, when we yeah. were, like, 18, 19. Right. So being exposed to this huge city where bigger artists were going and actively touring and having stops in. Yeah. It was like, okay, well, we're going to we're gonna catch Blau tonight. We're going to catch Dash Berlin. Yeah. We're going to catch, like... You know, Dimitri Vegas is, is fucking in the States or whatever. Wow. And it's like, you know, you're in Florida, so you can travel to Orlando, you can travel to Miami, and you mm -hmm. have all these artists and these A markets, and even like Tampa is a B market. Yeah. So that was it, and I was like, I feel like I want to do this. Yeah. Like, and I had buddies that would just like bedroom DJ, mm -hmm. and I would always watch, and I'm like, well, this is cool. Like, yeah. we're just getting ready, pre gaming, and it's like, six of guys before we had to like, get a house and absolutely i'm like let's just try this out and then i ended up playing like a couple pool parties Whoa. and then just getting into the local like college bar and mm -hmm. now we're here wow that's awesome dude yeah so you really had like to get ingrained in the culture to experience yeah it, right? i feel like it was very progressive it was yeah. not like i don't know that yeah for sure switch or like and I tampa know. i think people may not know it's like very densely populated place so like a lot really of people is. live there it's a very lively scene yeah yeah the scene is it's growing from even from when i moved there i florida think in general are, i guess yeah, right? yeah florida in general yeah. definitely well because we have edc orlando now they're getting their third date we have okeechobee suwanee yes. uh ultra miami music week winter music conference in general so there's like a yeah. lot of history ingrained in music there mm -hmm. but tampa itself i think is still on, on an upswing and now I mean I would say arguably aside from Denver probably the base capital of, of the US like wow they, they just fucking love base <laughs> which I love too yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know houses obviously right it's all about the house music <laughs> it, it always has been baby it always has been and in Chicago it only yeah. makes that much more sense so. absolutely bro yeah you got a little taste of it last night there's just all these little pockets in Chicago that is like a very lively scene you know yeah um and just living in the city where house music was created, like I feel this this sort of connection and honestly responsibility. Yeah. To like pay pay homage to like the legends and also like Absolutely. tell younger people about where this music came from. I think a lot of people forget the fact that 
it was house music was created in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? And then Detroit techno and warehouse okay. came, and then really was morphed together, and then it was shipped off to Europe. That whole sound, Exploded. and then they made it their yeah. own UK garage, uh, and then trance, of course, mm-hmm. and then it all kind of morphed together, and now. We have sh- subgenre after subgenre yeah. after subgenre. It's but beautiful, it, though. People just yeah. keep a creative and innovative edge to them, and they yeah. just incorporate new things, which I love. Dude, where we're at right now with production, particularly in the house music space, I can't remember who said this. I think it was Chris Lake. He was like, once you know the rules, then you know how to break, break them. them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's insane. 100%. The sound design and quality, like... The quality, yeah. Especially listening to tracks now, it just they're so crisp. And obviously paying homage and full respect to the older house music, but the production quality oh, itself yeah. is just like apples to oranges. You oh, know? They, I've, I've interviewed a lot of old school DJs that were part of the transition from vinyl to digital and oh, like yeah. some guys that are still stubborn about staying on vinyl and some guys are like, bro, like... You got purists. USBs and CDJs are the shit. I ain't uh, got a fucking <laughs> lug around old crate anymore. Great, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was actually... Omnom told me the term mm-hmm. back-to-back comes from when DJs were performing together, one of them would be playing, and the other would have his back turned looking through the crates. Oh, and shit. And I was like, huh, piece that of history. That makes sense, yeah. You learn something new every day. There you go. So, yeah. Wow. Shout out to Omnom for that fun fact. That's a new fun fact. Let's clip that one, Suzette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. Yeah. Very going, cool. Going back to what you said about this being the birthplace of house music. Yeah. Is, Talking to my buddy Kyle Kinch. Um, yeah. Oh, a lot dude. of shout outs. Shout Love out Kyle, Kyle. Kinch. Kyle's yeah. been on the show before too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We mentioned that yeah. I was going to be with you and you, we were going to do the interview. That's great. But he was like, you better come correct. Like, you yeah. know, that's the birthplace. And I'm like, fuck, Uh-oh. man. Like, don't put pressure on me mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think tonight's going to be, it's going to go well, you know. For sure. You're going to crush it, bro. Yeah. Do your 100%. thing no matter what. Yeah, exactly. A lot of originals going to be played, so... A lot of unreleased. I feel like you've been on fire. That's, yeah. I was talking to someone the other day, and, you know, we were just talking about my music, and they're like, oh, I really like this track and that, and I'm like, they're like, what's your favorite? And I'm like, honestly? <laughs> yeah. I was like, between me and you and the Sherman the Booth audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I got out now is just nothing compared to what I'm creating now and the direction I'm heading in, and, like, mm-hmm. I feel like just what is unreleased right now and I hope to keep that trend forward it's like always just like bettering yourself and pushing your sound forward yep never stay stagnant you know I think a really interesting thing about that too is when people don't know you you always release on labels you you've done your SoundCloud remixes back in the day and for those who don't know we did do a Hood Politics interview for your Bad Reputation EP yeah so I got to get a lot of your story then and I do want to just touch base on some of those but sure what people don't realize is sometimes they'll send a track to a label and they'll say, we'll take it. Right. Six months to a year could go by. Yeah. And you're continuing to get better and better production. So it's hard yeah. as a producer. like, And that's why being a performer is so important too because how many DJs play unreleased tracks live, right? Yeah. Well, the new thing now is like my Shazam, like un- unreadable or like <laughs> unable to find yes, tracks. And they're yeah. like... What is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreleased. That's right. It's exciting. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it's great. I think that's something that I I just want the general public to know that, like, producers are always pushing themselves forward, and sometimes what you hear from them is six months to a year old. Yeah. Like you said, you're always learning. 100%. So are you creating a new type of sound? Because you have a really, really unique sonic identity. I would say that it's still, it's consistent, but just 
better. Okay. I, like, I think my, my mixes are just getting way tighter. Dude. I'm getting my mastering, like, you know, honed in. And okay. I know eventually, like, I think you have to outsource when you reach a certain level. You do. But I'm at the point right now where I'm comfortable doing it. And I, I'm seeing, I'm getting good feedback. I do not claim to be an audio engineer at all. For sure. I think I have a somewhat of a decent ear. Yeah. And that's what I, I go off so. of. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Chris was asking me, he was like, so like, when you're mastering, what are your loose levels like? Like, what are you mixing down at? And I was like, I don't even want to have this conversation because I'm so unorthodox. <laughs> like, don't look at my file. Oh my don't look yeah. at my Don't look at my levels. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want to give you the bad advice because people are going to be like, this idiot. Like, yeah, that's true. But I'm, I'm really just in tune with the fact, like, if it sounds good, I'm going to go with it, you know? I think that's a good rule of thumb. I think so. I would try not to overthink it, you know? Yeah. I don't know all the rules, but I'm still breaking a bunch of them. That's fucking right, baby. <laughs> Pave your own way, I guess. Yeah, man. And it's it's been really cool just to see you since we last talked officially like this. Yeah. What you've released. And um, it's just, dude, I, I, love, I love this minimal sound that you have because it's so crisp and clean, but really still has a great groove to yeah. it. And it's one of those things where people need to experience it live um, because you're low ends, bro. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... It's like all a, about the low ends. It's end. all about the low ends. But like on that note, so when you think about producing minimal music, right? Because you've released some tech house bangers, big yeah. remixes, like that track on Gangsta House, that one I love. What's it called? Uh, what Obsessed. Was Obsessed. Biggest yeah. build up ever. <laughs> that was Sickest like, build up ever. I, I like channeled an inner Hans Zimmer you for that. You did, I just bro. Orchestral. I don't know. Yeah, unbelievable. I since then have not done that, but I feel like I should. Maybe but it might it come again. back. Yeah, yeah. I've interviewed so many producers that like they started with this sound and then they go to this and they mm-hmm. go to that and then next thing you know they're combining all of all those of things yeah. together. So I can see that happening for you for sure. But when you're producing actual minimal house, right? How are you still trying to be unique but not be too minimal? You know what I mean? Because like minimal is minimal. You can only do so much. Yeah. So how do you stand out? Honestly, that's a tough question. It is. I have a knack for like almost over processing or like putting too much in okay where sometimes i have to strip it back and i'm like i don't need to put these sounds i don't need to have a drum fill every measure i don't need to have some alternating hat sometimes it'll make for a good you know like mix but sometimes it's just like okay there's way too much going on i can simplify this you hear some songs from you know a bigger artist and like really well streaming renowned artists and it's just like too much. It's just no, not even too much. It's just the right amount. Oh, okay. and I'm like envisioning what their uh, session looks like, yeah. and I'm like, this can't be more than twenty. I tracks. know what you mean. And I'm like, it's just so amazing how they did so much with so little. But for me, I just try to write a really sick baseline. Yeah, and like you know, you're gonna hit four on the floor. Yep. Maybe like bury that kick, do like a little stutter, rest. Um, yep. Man. My my music history is gonna bite me in the ass here, but I think it was Robert Johnson, or maybe not. Someone's gonna correct me, hopefully. <laughs> but music is found in between the notes. The the rest essentially is what wow. what he said, um, and it comes yeah. from uh, like blues artists. You know, there's a lot of like stops and just feeling, and little quarter note rests, eighth note rests that just like really add more, yeah, but with adding less. You know, wow. So it's interesting. It's That's an interesting amazing. concept. That's amazing. I'll have to I, fact check myself on who said it, but that was basically the gist. That's actually 
beautiful. Yeah. And simplicity. I remember I watched the Disclosure live stream, and I think they were talking about how they made F for You, one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. And I think uh, Guy is his name. He was on it, and it was like 14 tracks, and they were all like Logic installed plugins, and he was like, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a little bit fancy trying to show you guys this, but I guess this is all I use. And I was like... You gotta be fucking kidding! That's me. incredible, though. Like, right? there, you go. I, at least in my experience, you go through the phases as a producer where you download massive, and you're like, "I'm Hardwell." Like, <laughs> here we go with the major keys, the baby. Just super soft, already just huge in. synth yeah. kick. Like, nothing makes sense, but I'm like, this is fun as fuck, right? And then you're like, okay, like I need more plugins, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you start learning the rules, like what plugins work for this, right? And then you're like, I don't need all this shit. Stay in the box sometimes. Stay in yeah. the box sometimes. And I think that only comes with practice, obviously. Yeah. I think I I use a lot of Ableton stock plugins. Mm-hmm. And people ask me, like, oh, what compressor are you using? Or, like, what are you using to, like, make this sound fatter? And I'm like, stock saturator and, yeah. like, a glue compressor yeah. or just Ableton's stock compressor. I sidechain with the AU compressor and fucking Logic. In lot, yeah, exactly. It's good. I actually, I switched up my sidechaining technique recently. Oh, um, let me hear it. LFO tool. I just yes. duck, it's like just ducking. I've heard that strategy before. Yeah, I was talking to Binge Watch, a lot of homie shout what outs. What up, Binge? Just, <laughs> just a lot of knowledge being spread from producer to producer and homie sure. to homie. But For sure. He was like, well, think of it. If you're you're just trying to duck you know, this signal, why yeah. add a compressor when you have, you know, you don't want to actually compress this signal. Yes, you're achieving a side chain, yeah. but you're also adding even a fine, like a, a minimal amount of compression that you might not want there, mm-hmm. especially for your your lower end frequencies. Yeah. But wow, LFO tool has just been nice. It's been easy. Just interesting. Oh, right on. Wow. Yeah, I'm not as technical as a lot of these guys. So yeah, me neither. You know? man. <laughs> Some of these guys are so technical. Yeah, they're good at what they do. For sure. We all have a strategy, though. I just listen. That's it, dude. Whatever. whatever Close my works. eyes and and like. Yeah. Move a parameter, and I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Let's mess with this. Wow. That's it. I overthink it. Yeah. Every time. It's easy to. It's really easy to, especially when you're given, you know, this complicated-ass program yeah. that you can do so much in. Yeah. Well, let, 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 let me bring this up then, because I was going to ask you about your most recent releases. Last we talked was Bad Reputation EP, right? Yeah. All right, before we go any further, we got to check out one track from Gallo's Bad Reputation EP from Hood Politics. So let's check out Turn Me On by Gallo. Sunspot EP with Nolan, and I want to talk about your relationship with Nolan, but when it comes to a track like Sunspot, let's quickly check out Sunspot off the Sunspot EP from Gallo and Nolan via Rossum Records.
hero, mm-hmm. you have some really unique samples you're using. Like, do you guys just start from square one, or like, are you pulling you know skeletons from different graveyards, or like, how do you um, actually get inspired? That how do you was start at zero. Yeah. So what really got me into my minimal kick and production was Nolan. He is such an incredible minimal producer. And it's, it's nice because we get together and it's like a hybrid almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but for that specific EP, I wanted to like take a back seat almost. And like, you know, I'd talk to him and be like, is this arrangement too long? Like, yeah. is, do we need more variation here? He's like, this is the genre. No, like I'm telling you, like, this is it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, like, you in a fucking straight jacket. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's do it. And yeah. that was a really well-received EP. Oh, I listen. Beautiful, I listen dude. back to it now, and I'm like, "Wow, this was like, this was sick." And it was. I, it sucks almost as an artist. Sometimes you don't always feel like that with your releases, and you're like, yeah. "Okay, this is great." Yeah. And um, you know, not everything can be your best piece of art, but yeah, I'm sure. like super proud of that EP. I, I definitely liked making it. The whole process was great, but yeah. For that, he sent me like eight or 16 bars mm-hmm. and that's usually how we collab he'll send me is like, he where is he by the way is he in florida philadelphia philadelphia yeah okay. yeah we met uh in college through a mutual friend he just happened to be visiting nice. and we didn't connect for music like until years later until i graduated already and then i knew he had been producing for a while mm-hmm. and we got on the track jumping that came out on yep. spira yes. for free download and yep. we got the premiere with blanc and everything yes. which was cool yeah and I think I'm actually gonna play that tonight. That's a, yes! that's a sick track. I haven't listened we, it to it in a while. It is a sick track. Well, you know, we gotta check out this one together. This one's called Jumpin' by Gallo and Nolan on Spear of Music. And all you fellas leave your boy. send me like a sick ass groove and a bass line and it'll be like eight bars 16 bars and i'm like all right i'm gonna arrange it send it back to you you make your edits we'll get on a call we get on a facetime what do you like what do you don't like i'll do some more processing on it send him like a final mix and master and he's like okay we can fix this like here's what sounds good here's what sounds bad yeah and it's it's like one of the best collaborative processes with with him honestly it's awesome it's it's sometimes tough too i think my most successful collabs, like as far as with other producers and friends, is is Freakon, Binge Watch, and um, Nolan, and Susan. Yeah. That was such an organic. I'm that, about to ask you. About yeah, that. yeah, that's coming <laughs> we up can for bring sure. That up for yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's just weird. Sometimes you get in a studio with someone and it doesn't really click. Yeah, totally. you don't want to force it. Yeah, but with those guys, it's just like there's something. I don't know what it is. That's awesome. That that I'm glad that you're able to like find friends like that yeah same thing with me and me and flynn right um i and i know a lot of other producers i know i know literally a a twin duo that they're both incredible they got yeah. the name of birthday party and they literally cannot produce together they send stems to each other what really yeah 
That's inc- that's crazy. <laughs> so everybody has their style, but it is so fun when you can get in the studio with someone. Yeah. And just like three hours later, you're like, whoa, we 100%. got hundred percent. Didn't that happen with the un- the track coming out on night service only with you and that's, Susan? It's insane how that happened. Yeah. So I I picked up Susan from the airport and we came back to my crib mm-hmm. and we were chilling. He's like, let's throw on Shrek two and Field of Dreams. I'm like. You're wild. Let's do what? it. Just the most absurd movie recommendations. And I'm like, you are one of a kind. Let's do it. I love it. <laughs> so I'm opening some projects and like working on some music. And he's just like slugging some voodoo rangers. Oh, we got some food. yeah. And he's downstairs. And I had like just wrote literally like it was eight bars. I had just started it. It was simple drums and a bass line. Yeah. And um, he's downstairs and goes, I just hear, Yo! And I was like, huh? I paused it. And he's like, what was that? Let's run that. Let's run that. Is that finished? I'm yeah. like, no, this is actually like a brand new idea. Before I went to pick you up, I started it this morning. He goes, let's let's crank it out. Yes. And we just sat there and wrote, I think for like, probably like three and a half hours, four hours, and just knocked it out. Wow. And he goes, he's like, where do you want this? And I was like, honestly, like, can you get a night service only release to happen? Like, I love their sound. It is yes. fucking... A, like awesome producer yeah great guy and i think i finished like the final touches the next day we played it out and he sends me a text and he was like sid loves it he's down i was like what oh my god <laughs> so it's funny how like i'm in a phase right now where i'm still sending music and i'll always be in this phase yeah where it's like you won't hear from a label or it's this is great but it doesn't suit our sound Ugh. but there's those moments where it's like Two days later, three days later, wow. Like, there it is. It happens. It happens. I mean, dude, 99 no's and one yes. Yeah. That's literally the name of the game. It's a game of numbers. Yeah, it is. And it's frustrating, too. I know, like, when you, like, you make a song or sometimes you think of a label or you're inspired by a label, you know, Repopulate Mars is a, is a common one. I think a Huge lot dream of house. mine. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone. Right? You make a song, you're like, I want to make a Repopulate Mars sound. Yeah. And this is what I talked about with Case, and you send them a song, you're like, this is a Repopulate Mars sound. You can't change my mind. And they're like, listen, man, it's a good track, but it's not for us. Yeah. That's, that's heartbreaking as an artist. Yeah. As a creator, you know? But it's kind of like, you have to put yourself in their shoes and they have right. to put them in your shoes. I think there's almost something to take away from that is you got to consider in the perspective that when a label is releasing a song, yeah. these songs have been signed, they've been marketed, there's almost usually at least, I guess there's a quick end where there's a two-month turnaround, but yeah. you're talking sometimes there's six months, a year release, oh, yeah. especially for these bigger labels. Oh, yeah. They've already gone through that sound. They're looking for the next sound. Yes. They want to stay innovative. They want to stay on top. Good point. Repopulate is not the number one charting label on Beatport and has been for the last almost, I think, year now yeah. for no reason. Yeah. They're always putting out cutting edge fucking tracks that just go off every time. Yeah. And a lot of them, they don't necessarily sound the same, you know? And it's I think that's what it's about. It's like by the time you're hearing that song and you go to make it and you go to send it, they might be on their next wave. Yeah. So don't... D- True. It's just don't get discouraged. And that was a big thing for me. It's like... The rejection sucks. It hurts. You're yeah. putting your fucking pride and joy. You're putting a piece of yourself out into this work. And that's how I produce, you know, like, and it comes from here. Yeah, exactly. It comes yeah. from here. It's yeah. just, you know, it's you and to hear no, it sucks, especially from a label that you're dreaming of. But like, you don't take that as discouragement, take it as motivation and yeah. then find out 
why. Get feedback actively from producers around you, from homies, from the label themselves. Right. They're usually more than app, you know, and willing to yeah to give you that feedback. Um, but it's just a forward fucking uphill battle, and it always is, you it know. Is. And, and you gotta enjoy the process along exactly. the way. It's something that comes up every single time, every single interview. You have to love what you're doing. Yeah. You have to look at yourself in the mirror, and if you're your only fan, <laughs> still love what you're doing. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. Because when you start a project of any sort in the creative field, a lot of people are excited about that for mm-hmm. you, you know, and it's fun. And if you're a DJ, they're coming to your shows, and then a year or two goes by, and things kind of start plateauing, right? But they start plateauing, but not going down. Yeah. You're just still going. People aren't coming to your shows as much anymore. Maybe you're not getting the support. Hundred percent. What reason did you get into it for the first place? That's right. why a lot of people get into it and then they stop. Yeah. Now, and I think in my case, it's just music has always been. I feel like just in my blood. Like it's something yeah. that I will always do, no matter what. Yep. Even if I step into my actual career, like you know. Yeah. I, I will always do it. At least on the side. The the goal is obviously to make this my one only career, make yeah. a life out of it right. and a legacy out of it right. and, you know, be remembered. I think it's such a cool thing that mm, a, a piece of art that I created will be able to be streamed, listened to Longer this content. Long. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be able to reference like, yeah, you know, you want to make an impact. Exactly. That's why I do this. Yeah. And we are, we, we are, are making an impact. <laughs> we are making an impact. <laughs> Hell fucking Yeah. Nice. That was good timing. That was great. <laughs> oh, man. I could use somebody running around the apartment as a cheerleader. 100%. Just a little, nice little pat. I love it. Love it. So I do want to talk about your most recent release on Night Records, Kill Bill. Yes. Oof. I can't wait for you to hear this one if you haven't before. This one's called Kill Bill by Gallo on Night Records. Baseline, I'm a sucker for a fucking rolling bass. Oh, line. yeah, rolling. I think everyone is. Once you hit the club and it's like <laughs> 1 a.m. and you're hearing that, there's nothing you're going. like it. There's absolutely nothing like it. I almost feel like you were trying to get something out of your system. Like, when did you actually produce this track? Dude, this track is from last year. Is it? Yeah. There we go. It is. But I had to revisit it, so I sent it to to um, to Cam, who, who runs uh, Night Records. Uh, Niall Shepard mm-hmm. is the guys behind that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, they're amazing. 
So, um, you know, I'd sent them music in the past and then it just so happened that we kind of crossed paths again and they were like, Hey, we're looking for more music for our compilation. Like we'd love something from you. So I sent them a playlist and I was like, I think Kill Bill would be like a good track to release. I wanted to, it was an interesting track because I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. And the I reason, just watched that movie again recently. It's my favorite one. Yeah. Someone asked me like, why is that song killed called Kill Bill? It's literally like you'd never mention that at all. <laughs> and I'm like, the siren. Yes. And they were like, what? I was like, yeah. And I was like, I sampled the siren from I it. I knew. Yeah, so, yeah, that track was actually from last year, and I was, I don't know, yeah, you were getting something out of my system. Yeah. It was still kind of the cross where, I, like, I wanted to make Tech House, but it still had those, like, weird, wonky, crazy, wobbly, right. distorted right. sounds. Right. And I love Kendrick Lamar. Well, I love that album. He's awesome, but some of his stuff I'm not the biggest fan of. But yeah. that album and yes. that song, yes. Uh, you know, I wanted to sample it, and I actually that's I re-recorded it and pitched it down because the original, like when I, I found an acapella, it, I just didn't really like it, and it was like a little grainy, whatever. So I was like, why don't I just resample it and record my voice and pitch it down? Yep. So that's me on it. But it was weird, and then I put a break beat, like, beat on the build. <laughs> Dude, you're just getting creative. I, I was, and that's the weirdest part is, like, the creative process is just, you throw something on a wall, and does it stick? Probably not. Probably. Sometimes, like, 60% of the time, but, like, those happy mistakes, it'll work out. Happy mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Just absolute knowledge bombs all day today from you, bro. I'm just on a quest for knowledge. You are. <laughs> that is, bro. That's it. It's amazing. So I just love to learn. You do love to learn. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Anybody else got a drink out there? <laughs> hey oh, how hey, you doing? There we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Look what it says on the back though. What does it say on the back? Very good at <laughs> respecting women. Isn't this a great Come choice? show it to the camera. Yeah. Let's pull on. Come right on. here. Come oh, on, right here. Right here. Hey, yeah, babe. No, no, no. In the middle. In the middle. In the middle. All right, dude. Give us a spin. Yeah, so you're you're six this? five, so you gotta bend down a little bit. I'm not getting on my knees. You bro. don't have to get on your knees, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we need the shirt though. <laughs> yeah, pizza swan. We y- all. Yeah, I babe. Yeah, I'm very good at respecting women. Yeah, I babe, babe, dude. It's it's the coolest thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't babe, then fuck you. Right. If you don't babe, then fuck you. Dean, That's just, he just wants people to. To walk up to him at a festival, be like, "Dude, love your shirt." Yeah, and then it's like, "Okay, well." Love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be like, "Do do you have a jewel on you?" Yeah, do you have a jewel though? You're getting the wrong signal. (laughs) We're respecting women in 2021. Puff bar guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, There you go. I'm dating. (laughs) Clearly, puff bar guys, or the new ones that look like uh, whippet canisters. And I'm dude, I saw that last night. That was last night, wasn't it? Yeah, it looks like a pill and a whippet. I'm like. You guys are on some shit, and then I'm like, oh, it's nicotine. Oh. Just oh. just your friendly old neighborhood just pal, nicotine. nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Oh, man. Oh, the world geez. we live in today. Yeah, it is. Tobacco technology, TT. It's really big. T squared. T squared. Wow. Tobacco technology. That's going to be the next one. T squared. <laughs> the next level jewel. Yeah. Are you leaving, or are you just saying hi to me every just, five seconds, bro? I'm going back and forth. Okay, well, fucking pick a side. 
Okay, well, I'm leaving in five minutes, so okay. you know, let that charge, sit here and enjoy this beer, listen to you guys interview. Perfect. And then uh, I'll probably get out of your hair. Okay, cool. I see, I told you I like an audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Madeline, do you want to come get on camera and say anything? Okay, all right. Negative. The world will never know. The world will never know. That's the okay. The world will never know. All right, Gallo, I got, I got a question for you. Shoot. And it kind of relates to something I already asked. Like, it's clear you've grown as a producer over the years, but still sort of maintain that sound. Yeah. How do you always try and stay true to your roots, and even, even if that's important to you? But yeah. also, like, I feel like a lot of producers are like, I have the sound. This is who I want to be. I got to have this. I got to have that. Like, what does that statement mean to you? Um, how do you grow? How do I grow? Yeah. I feel like I'm just always trying to get better yeah. and like find different avenues of inspiration. I, it's funny. I don't necessarily on a day to day listen to house music and okay. I don't know if that hinders my producing in house or if that helps. Yeah. But it's still like a passion of mine. I love the music and I listen to it. i love playing it yeah but on a day-to-day i'm I'm listening to like metal and and indie and it's it's almost weird to say that i i gather inspiration from it but like yeah i don't know even from just simple fills or like bass lines you hear and you're like i think that sped up at like this bpm or whatever like i don't know it's just like little things and i have a whole notes section of you know notes yeah for for producing (laughs) and song ideas or like this would be cool or like yeah I really like the key that this song was in yes. and let's try something in this with this like vocal cadence or like flip of this. I don't know. But yeah, I, know what you mean. I don't know with sound. I'm trying to just use samples like that have worked for me and like my drums are consistent. I have the way that I process them. My bass is okay. I process in very similar ways. Yeah. And I watch a lot of videos and like I think Something that I used to do a lot that I don't do too much anymore is that I would get a reference track and put it in and like say I liked a synth or I liked a bass line or a drum or whatever. Going in and just like highlighting that section and going into serum or grabbing in samples and then trying to almost emulate that. Like how do I get my sound to sound like that? Okay. And is not as like to imitate it, but like if you can create it, you can manipulate it and make it your own. True. You know? Yeah. So I think in production, I think that is like a really huge aid is imitating not to copy and to plagiarize, Mm -hmm. but to understand and then create. It's a great way to find inspiration. Yeah, I think it is. And I do that a lot with the other music I write. I write like a lot of indie music, Mm -hmm. which I record guitar, I record my bass. Yeah. And I'll do like drums and everything from the studio setup I have at my place. And I'll just throw in a track by like Krongbin and I'll cover it. And I try to get my tone as close as possible. I'm like, what what was Krongbin's engineer doing to this guitar? Wow. And you can get within like you know, a certain realm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not fucking Rick Rubin. I'm not <laughs> going to get, like, the dudes at fucking Universal yeah. who oh, are mastering geez. everything. Yeah, but, bro. you know, you get close enough, and then I'm like, okay, I'll save this whole chain, and now I have a chain that is a good, clean guitar tone. Right. And then I'll go and write a song with that chain, and yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I have a, a clean tone. Now I'll add maybe some chorus or reverb or 
let's switch this amp setting here to mm-hmm. make it warmer or, or whatever it is. Yeah. And then kind of just do the same with electronic music. Like, I really like that biscuit sound. Yeah. You know, that, like, that dude is on fucking fire. Yeah, Probably my favorite producer. I agree. And um, you're just listening, I'm, and I'm like, how did he do that? Or where did he get the sound? Like, okay, let's see how I can make this my own. Mm-hmm. There's only fucking 12 notes you can work with, you know? So. I think that's fucking truth. Right? You don't, go, you don't have to go reinventing the wheel. You don't. Right? Like, you, you don't have to overcomplicate the process. Yeah. I love that. That is actually literally the best fucking answer I've ever gotten to that question. Yeah. I'm not going to. That was literally the best. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. You, your sound changes, but how you maintain the sound is staying true to who you are. Yeah. And you really care about the music, obviously. I do, yeah. And I don't know if it happens to you when you're making music, but I'm, I'm sure it's like a common thing. It's like sometimes you're listening to something back and you'll just hear something or mm-hmm. there's maybe like a weird resonant frequency that you're hearing or like something just clicks and you're like, huh, what let me mean? add this. Yeah. Like, what does this sound like? Or, like, let me tune this so I can create space for something else that sounds like that. And it's, I don't know, it's just, like, trial and error. Yeah. Trying something new and, you know. I know. And don't you feel like sometimes, it's funny you said, like, when the the Sunspot EP came out, you're like, this sounds good. I feel like most of the time when I release a track, it sounds great in the studio. It sounds great when it's private on SoundCloud. And then all of a sudden when it's out, I'm like, this is not the same fucking song. I hear a click. I hear distortion. Oh, man. That is offbeat. I'm so bad when it comes to that. Label's like, okay, master's due, like, today. Yeah. And I'm like, apologies for the delay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way my Ableton is set up, the export is going to take. I'm giving them a Kevin Hart spiel. Yeah, like. you are. So fucking funny. Nah, but honestly, there's a funny story, and I'm going to reveal something that's been really bothering me for a long time. Let's go. One of the remixes I did for Hood Politics for the Daft Punk uh, compilation, yeah. I, so I grabbed it out acapella. It wasn't the cleanest. I cleaned it up as much as I could. But the, on the pre-drop sample, a part of the original bass line and a drum sneaks through, and you can hear it. But like... I think maybe to the person who's listening to it for the first time, the fourth time, the sixth time, the tenth time, they don't hear it. But when I was sending that track back to Susan, I was listening to that part, space bar, space bar, space bar, EQ, space bar, like trying to put like a compressor, like trying to duck it. And I'm like, "I, I can't release this. There's no way. And then there was just a certain point where I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And then I didn't listen to the song for a while. And then I listened to back and I was like, what was I bugging about? I didn't even I like I didn't even hear it. Dude, I know exactly. I was showing it to some buddies and they were like, What what sound are you talking about? And I was like, You don't hear that right there? <laughs> it's like it's at like minus twelve <laughs> or fourteen DB at like five hundred hertz. Yeah, you nut, yeah. And for uh, sure. yeah. I feel you though. It just you can really overthink it and I think the key is to just try and not. Yeah. But that's near impossible. You feel better now? I do. I almost feel like a big weight has been lifted off my shoulder. This is safe space. <laughs> really is. Now it's everybody's going to go and listen. If they do listen to it, just be like, oh, shit. Oh, this shit. Trash now. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. No one's going to think that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know exactly what you mean, though. Yeah. And I know a lot. there's a lot of producers who, who watch this, and I'm sure that's going to resonate with them, too. Hopefully. Because I'm, I'm definitely on the young and newer end, so, you know. 
But you're, but dude, seriously, like, give yourself some credit, man. You deserve yeah. it. Like, it's really cool to see someone like you apply their music theory, um, of a true instrument like a saxophone. And bass too, right? Yeah, guitar. guitar I would say guitar is my main instrument. Guitar is your main instrument. To, yeah. How I many instruments that, do you play? I like to say six, but it's five. What's the six? What's the, the ukulele? The ukulele. <laughs> Does it count? Yes, I for guess. sure, bro. It's, Can it's you like, do somewhere over the rainbow? Yes, but the main reason I bought it, I'm a huge Bob's Burgers fan, <laughs> and I wanted to learn the intro, and I was. I was sitting there and I was on Amazon one night. I was like, you know what? I'm buying it. 40 bucks later, two days later. Oh, yeah. That's and I'm easy. just sitting there like this. And I actually ended up, I ended up buying a tenor. Or no, sorry. I, I bought a soprano, which is way too small. I should have bought a tenor. So now when I play it's mine, so I'm like this. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. My fingers don't fit. I'll get it right this time. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, that that's, is that's hilarious. literally the reason. But I ended up learning a bunch of songs and... It was my junior year of college. I was living with my buddy, Luke, and, um, you know, I, I had my guitars up in, the, like, our living room, like, just, like, on their mound and whatever, so, because yeah. I, I played frequently, right. and he listened to a lot of similar music, and we were listening to Vance Joy, and mm. he's like, let's, like, just do a duet, and I'm like, all right, I'm on guitar, like, he doesn't play any instruments, yeah. I just taught him ukulele. And then we started playing Riptide, and he was on the ukulele. Wow. And it was hilarious. It's, it's such an easy instrument. Holy shit. I could teach you, like, four. It, the weirdest tuning, it's like, I don't know what the actual note values are right now, but it's like a high string, the lowest string, the second lowest string, and then the second highest string. Super strange. Huh. Yeah. The ukulele, huh? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I respect that. That should be the first instrument you say you play, by the way. That's it's always it. the last. I'm like guitar, the drums, the piano, saxophone. Hey. Oh, you, oh, you have oh. eyebrows raised, and, and then I'm like the ukulele. I can't add banjo to the list, although I you, come on, bro. I played one. It's the string instruments. They're all very really similar. So right. all you have to do is look up the chord, like the chord shapes. Yeah, but concepts. I can't because. The first and last time I played... Well, okay, so the last time I played the ukulele, it was maybe the third or fourth... Or, sorry, the banjo. Mm. I broke a string on it. <laughs> like a true banjo yeah, player. Yeah, I was, I was so drunk, and I was at my buddy's graduation party, <laughs> and his dad is a, like, sick guitarist. Wow. He, like, let me play his 1970s Stratocaster. Oh. And I was like, wow, this is crazy, amazing, like, thank you so much. And he's like, I got a banjo, too, and I'm like... We get the band. <laughs> and so I bring out my app for tuning because I have like a tuner on my um on my phone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, banjo setting. And I'm sitting there, it's like bow, 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 and I'm like, I'm like, feel you can feel when a string's about to break. You can right. feel the tension. Right. I've had tons of strings break on the guitar and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, is this right? Like, I don't know. I'll keep going up. Breaks. And I'm like, Fuck. Oh shit! <laughs> and I'm like, Mr. Bernard, I uh, <laughs> I broke your string, and I don't know how to replace it. These are like his original strings when he was in a band, like playing it. Oh, like, oh god! Come on, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> you can't hand a guy a banjo and not expect one of those to get broken. <laughs> no, yeah, he was like super, like ah, oh, don't That's worry hilarious. about it, but yeah. So I don't say I played the banjo because while I have played it, yeah. 
I cannot play it. And this is this is what the people want to hear. Okay, just you know, <laughs> this is the content we're all looking for. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Would you say your favorite instrument is a guitar? Then hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe because that's what I'm the best at, but well, it I mean, just comes the most natural, and I yeah. can. Well, the bass too. The bass is just awesome for even writing like tech house bass lines. Yeah. I'll just sit there oh, and have dude. a drum pattern and like play over it and like do bends because you can just pitch shift and I don't know it's interesting that gives you a serious edge I like to think so you know bro everybody's calling you fucking young gallo man like we, we know you <laughs> fucking got it man we do we know you got it I yeah you know I you know I'm just having fun trying to, yeah have fun and do what I love to do and make something happen out of this this crazy dream that's true bro what what can you tell us about what's coming though because we mentioned the DJ Susan collab coming out on Night Service. Yeah, You premiered a Borges collab, also a Freak oh, On collab. Yes, yeah. The Borges collab is going to be huge. We got two tracks. That's going to be coming out. How did that out. even happen? I mean, how that relationship? So crazy. Honestly, I don't... It was so random. I was sitting at home. Like, I'm in my boxers. It's like 11 a.m. Yeah. I'm just like having my coffee on my computer. Like, yeah. Just producing. And he hits me up on Instagram. It's just like, what's up, dog? And I was like... <laughs> Good. What's up, Borges? Like, yeah, what's up, like fucking dude who made tsunami? Yeah, that how are you? Was played at every frat party. Yeah. Like, what's up? What's up? <laughs> um, and he was like, nothing. I'm on the plane to a couple shows. Really liked your, uh, really liked the the EP on Hood Politics. Turn me on was a sick track. I'm finishing up an album. Let's collab. And I was like, say less. Let's get on a call. So I got him on a call. Wow, really cool guy. Um, and I sent him some ideas. I had sent him like five in total and then I wrote a new one mm-hmm. that day. So out of all of them, he picked one and was like, let's go with this. Sent it to him. He put on his like little razzle dazzle, yeah. sent it back. I was like, incredible. And it turns out I'm like, I'm in LA, I'm at the gym and he hits me back up after he sends me the master for the one track we have finished. And I'm like, one is great, man. Like, like, hello, I got a collab with yeah. Borges. This is sick. He goes, hey, this one track really grew on me. Like, can we finish it? And I'm wow. like, have you done anything with it? And I'm like, no, honestly, like, it's still at the same point. Like, I haven't really worked on it. And he's like, okay, like, work on it a little bit. Send it to me back. I'll, you know, do the rest, whatever, and we'll add that. So now we have two. Are you going to do an EP then? Good question. I think they're... Maybe one is a single and the other's on his album, or they're both on his album. No shit. Yeah, this is to come in Q4, so... Q4. Businessmen over here. Before the end of the year. Q4, (laughs) wow. I like that. I like that. I thought it was my period. Yeah, no, I'm a fiscal period guy. Oh, yeah. 13 periods a year. Oh, 13. 13 paychecks a year right here. Okay, yeah, that's right. Live life on the edge, you know, a little more fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So, dude. yeah, uh, well, that one's, you know, that one's going to be huge. I'm super excited. Rolling bass lines, like, absolute rollers. How about that, Soul though? vocals, like, yeah. Borges making fucking Tech House. Yeah. Alesso making Tech House. Incredible. David Guetta has a Jack Back Tech House alias. I love Oh, I didn't know that. That's him. Okay. Jack Back is David Guetta. Cool. I love that shit, and... This is a conversation that comes up a lot too. Is like, 
do these mainstream artists playing tech house affect the scene that we have here in a negative way? I think anyone that says that, honestly, is you're fucking wrong and you're just so jaded. Like, who do you think that you are? Like, think of, think of, let's look at a pie graph here. Ready? Okay. okay. Perfect. What think quarter? Of, are we in quarter four? <laughs> we're in all of it. <laughs> we're in the, the full fiscal year. Okay. How much music is consumed and we're going to break it down into genre, right? Okay, yeah. I don't, I don't know what they're all listed as, but we're going to go hip hop, R&B, pop, rock, yeah. country, and then electronic music, yeah. EDM is literally all encompassed in one. Okay. I don't care that you make house music. I don't yeah. care that you make dubstep. This is it's all EDM yeah. at the end of the day. Yep. You ask my dad, electronic music. Yeah. You ask a purist, oh, yeah, house is not electronic music. At the end of the day, it is. It is. So we look at that graph. Do you know how small the consumption of electronic music is? I want to say it's somewhere around 1% to 2%. Don't quote me on the actual figure, but it it's is low. the smallest consumed. And wow. we're going to be – we're not going to all bring each other together and lift each other up. And we're going to say, oh, screw the guys who are getting, you know, the best festival slots and making, you know, their dreams come true. Yeah. And they're propelling a, another genre and educating a crowd for the younger producers to hopefully make their dream. Yep. No, we're going to condemn them. That is the dumbest shit ever. Yep. It's kudos to up. Fisher. Kudos to David Guetta getting yes. on stage and playing Tech House. We owe kudos them. to all of them. Like that's Mala, fucking awesome. Chami, yeah. They paved the way for younger generations to get in this shit too. Because otherwise, do you think I like do you think I want to play a room that's just like 10 people who are just smoking cigs like yeah, the six sit. This yeah, is yeah, sick. Yeah, like yeah. no one listens to this. Haven't that's heard words so in cool. <laughs> that's not fucking cool, it's dude. Not fucking cool. All props to you if that's your that your vibe. That's not mine. Yeah. I what <laughs> shit is tight. <laughs> I want fucking everyone to be enjoying, everyone to be loving the music, educated, having a good time, hearing it. The more the merrier. Yep. That's you know, that's it. That that is such a great way to look at it. And I couldn't I could not agree more because the people that actually do that and they're just distancing themselves from what we're really doing this for, which is to be yeah. together, to unite. I don't need a niche group of five people that, you know, wanna hear this genre. Like I want it to encompass something so much larger. Yep. So I'm stoked about that, you know, and that's yeah. why when Borges I was like, Tech House, right? He's like, yeah, I want to dabble in it. I'm like, let's fucking go. Dude, yeah. you've done, like, you play your sets or anything from hardstyle to bass house to tech house yeah. to, you know, dubstep, everything. I think that's cool. Like, yeah, he's you know, not whatever. a one box artist. No, yeah, exactly. Sure. That is a big thing. Yep. I do not like the limitations that people are getting set on. One of the biggest things that upset me was Getter. Getting booed off stage, oh. getting all of this hate for his visceral EP and his tour. That dude is so fucking talented. Dude, that you was listen to up. his metalcore, his rap, his pop, his future bass, his dubstep. That man has created so much. Like it, it is such an avenue and paved the way and sound for himself and for other artists. That's so fucked up. And I'm like, so for what? Up. Why? Yeah, who are those people? Are they even his real fans? Yeah, and it, I don't know. It's like this whole mentality where it's like, 
oh, you know, EDM's all about plur and good vibes. And I'm like, that's not good vibes, dude. Yeah. Like, artists, you know, no matter what their brand or project presents, are fans and avid listeners and possibly and more than likely that more likely than not creators of other genres. Yeah. Me, yeah. like, being the number one testament to that, like, I make a fucking ton of other music and I love doing that. Yeah. Will I release it right now? Probably not. Mm. Will that day hopefully come? A hundred percent. Am I working actively towards it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so maybe yeah. in the next year, two, something, whenever the time is right, right, you'll hear some indie music and some like post-hardcore metal music from me. Okay. That's, you know. I love that, bro. hundred yeah, percent. Wow. Good for you. That's, that's the goal. I mean, like I said before, make sure you enjoy what you're doing. Make yeah. Sure you love it. It might not all be under the Gallo, like my own name, which is my real name. There are a lot of artists but out there. I don't think people realize that Barclay Crenshaw is it, Claude Von Trump's real name. You know, actually, I was, I forget, I, I have these conversations, but they like stick in my head and I'm like, who is it? Yeah. But um, it was with a friend and they were like, yeah, the Dirty Bird lineup has like a, a bunch of sick D&B and bass. Like this dude, Barclay Crenshaw, uh, Barclay Crenshaw is yeah. playing. And I'm like, that's... Literally Claude <laughs> Like that's his yep. real name. Yep. And he just plays bass music. Yeah. And that was originally gonna be his name for the Claude Von Show project. Yep. But and they were like so blown away, like, wow. I'm like, yeah, let's not box these artists into one yep. genre and one thing. Or make them feel like they have to create a new alias in order to do that. Right, yeah. Someone who's really good about that, uh, right now is nitty gritty. Ricky oh, is yeah. just like such a talented fucking producer, mm-hmm. and he dabbles in everything. Everything. He's an amazing producer. Amazing. He's yeah. next level. He's been nominated for a Grammy off uh, like a Latin. It was record yeah. He made, right? I I want to say it was like either Pitbull or was it Enrique Iglesias or something, something like that. Something that my parents listened to, and I'm like, what the fuck? I know, and a lot of people hate awesome. on Diplo too, and I I love Diplo. Yeah, like in what he's done with the Higher Ground label, and I think he's a great example too. Like if if I'm if I'm us right and Diplo plays my track and he's not considered a tech house god, Amazing. I'm like fuck yes, somebody yeah. is playing my music, dude. Um, right. That's what we have to be grateful for. A hundred percent. Tiesto might play my track because he likes playing tech yeah. house now. Carnage included one of my tracks and people are giving him so much shit about the Gordo project. Whatever. Oh yeah, he's getting reaped, <laughs> dude. He's just doing his, his sets thing, are bro. Sick. Yeah, and I think what people fail to realize is that, and maybe I don't know this for sure, and I'm just guessing, but his brand is kind of just about being like arrogant and like I'm the best and whatever, whether he is or not. And like to me, no, he's not. Yeah, but he's sick. Yeah, and he has the capacity to sell out shows. Yeah, I don't have that capacity. People get jealous. That's fucking sick. I think that's where it stems from. If I could be in his shoes, I would. That's what I want to be doing. Yeah. Do I want to make a bunch of different genres and sell out a bunch of shows and no matter what I put my name on, I know I'm going to have ticket value? He's got it figured out. Ultimately, that's what I want. Is yeah. it going to be hardstyle and what he did and trap and distorted 808s? Mm-hmm. No. But at the end of the day, that vision is like what I True. want, what Diplo's doing. He has the higher ground label. He has the Mad Decent. Yep. He's fucking executive producing, executive producing for all of these huge name artists. Yeah. That's sick. And you never know, like, a Vegas set from him 
could be all over the place. Like yeah. he's a true open format. DJ. Yeah, he's like, more open format. He loves to play whatever. You could put him anywhere, and like yeah. I'm, I'm personally inspired by that because I love all types of music too. Right. Like I might make house, but bro, I I love the golden age of EDM. I also love trap. Like I I love my fair share of dubstep. I think a lot of us do. Yeah. Uh, Freakon and I were in the car. We were on our way to the club, and we were just jamming out to to Future Rave, which nice. like Morton and David Guetta's new EP. I think it's like that sick, style. so sick, and old like old old progressive and big room, mm-hmm. and it was just awesome. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just people just have this like conception where like either the artists themselves because they're making a certain genre don't listen or yeah. shouldn't be allowed to create, yeah, or dabble or put their foot in that water. And I think that's something that's really limiting this music industry. And don't you think every it's everyone else but the people making the music that are talking 100%. shit about this? You have some. You have a very like small group of those producers where like the How big thing you? is is like all these guys that are hating on people making tech house or all these yeah. guys hating on people making minimal. And at the end of the day, dude, good music is good music. Yes. That's well all said. that matters to me. As long as it's coming from an authentic place and you're not just like, I'm going to get ghost produced, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and only in order to like, you know, get myself and manipulate and like sell or like, you know, is if it's coming from a good place, it's authentic and it's because you want to do it, you're interested in the music, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. Amen, that doesn't bro. concern me. Nope. I don't even care if you're getting ghost produced. But does it come from a good place? Don't be greedy because, like, I want to be rich and famous. Yeah. I don't really care about the music. Like, that to me is where I draw the line. And I'm yeah. like, fuck you. There's so many talented people who, yeah. like, would deserve and, and, and die to be in that spot yeah. that some of these people are in where, yeah. you know, it's just, like, bad intentions. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's sure. coming from a good intentions, I have so many talented friends. And I have one in particular, and I'm not going to say anything uh, like, of who it is, but... One of the most creative individuals I've ever met, yeah. and he's very good at producing. Yeah. But maybe he requires more help than, say, a producer who's already established making it has had yeah. five years of experience. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I told him all the more fucking power to you, bro. to the music economy, too. Yeah, because you're gonna, you have so much more to offer than even like I think I do creatively. Yeah. It's just insane the way his brain works, the art that he's creating, the designs he has, the vision he has. And I'm like, oh, and you're telling me all you're missing is the last 25 to 10% of a track? Yeah. And your people are going to hate on you because that's ghost produced? Get the fuck out of here. That's the thing. There's, just, there's so much more to Stop it. Stop hating. Stop fucking hating people. So probably love, baby. <laughs> Literally, good vibes worldwide. Good vibes worldwide, dude. This has been a really fun conversation. It has been. It has been. We could have done this all day. I think. I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> what What are you most excited for on the horizon right now, though? Um, growing. Yeah. Releasing more music that is in tune with, you know, where I'm at, where I want to be, and making more profound and like you know intricate connections with people like yeah i just that's, that's like what this. it's about yeah exactly yeah not about that super superficial shit yeah me neither bro so fuck that yeah just looking forward to the future
It's a awesome. lot of the releases on the horizon, writing more music, mm-hmm. meeting more people, playing yep. more shows. Yep. And that's... Quarter four. What is that? Quarter four is going to be... Quarter four. Q4. Q4, baby. Q4. <laughs> period, period 12. Yeah, period 12. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you make sure to go check this guy out. He goes by the name of Gallo, Young Gallo. The, uh, the tobacco... What did we just call Te- it? What is it? Tobacco technology? <laughs> tobacco technology. The tobacco squared founder right here. Fun fact, I got a job in, in college doing tobacco prevention research. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Doing a little research. Yeah. But, you yeah. You me as a researcher. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess that's that's <laughs> yeah, what it yeah. is. I just like learning. <laughs> that's where learning. it all started. <laughs> research. Do your research, ladies and gentlemen. Do your fucking research, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, brother. Love you, brother. That Thank was you awesome, so much man. for having me. That was great. <laughs>